Welcome to episode 55. This week on the show, Mickey Mouse's 90th birthday events, a new buffet at the Magic Kingdom, Walt Disney World Club 33 rumors, and Epcot's upcoming overhaul news. Also, Joey and I discuss and run through our top 10 Walt Disney World sacred attractions. Stay tuned. from the dream port <laughs> one little spark Welcome to the show, everyone. Rich here, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Joey McGurr. How's it going, Joey? It's going great, Rich. Party on. All right. If you're just now joining the show for the first time, make sure you hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast app, and also, don't forget to head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review. You know, we haven't had one in, like, months. (laughs) I'm like, say it every week, but if you guys can please head over to iTunes, give us a five-star review. You know what they should do, Joey? Yeah. Head over to iTunes <laughs> and give us a five-star review. Well, and it, you know, I mean, it's not that hard. It, iTunes actually has made it easier. It used to be a little bit more complicated. You had to jump through a bunch of hoops in order to figure out how to write a review. But the iTunes app has changed, and it, they've made it a, a lot easier to do that. If you listen to the last episode with Holly and Peter, and they made you laugh, then... Go write a review and let people know how funny we are and how much fun it is to listen to our show. It's not that hard. No, it does mean a lot, and and I I say it jokingly, but it does mean a lot, and it does actually help the show. I I don't say that just by saying go write a review just to get some notoriety. It actually pushes us up on the charts, and when people type in searching uh, keywords like Disney and theme park and Mickey Mouse, they'll see one little spark on there because it's more popular than you know other shows that don't get so many reviews yeah there's even shows out there who don't even have a you know show anymore they're not they're not recording regularly but they rank higher than us in the search listing on itunes and so yeah we'd love to be able to be found and we'd love for people to find us and listen to our show yeah and that's something that's kind of embarrassing now that i think about it it's like people that are long done with podcasting are ranked higher than current active, fully active uh, podcasters. So please uh, head over there. It doesn't take long. If you don't have iTunes, there's also ways to rate the show on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and on Google Play. Mm-hmm. So just go check it out. Also head over to social media, just any of your platforms that you want. Look it up under One Little Spark Podcast. You'll find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So... Joey and I recently competed on a YouTube game show themed around Disney called The Diz Quiz. And we had part one that was released about two and a half, three weeks ago. 
and part two was recently released this past Sunday, and it was awesome. So go on YouTube and search for The Diz Quiz to see who won that fun show. <laughs> You're just saying it's awesome because you creamed me. <laughs> It was okay. Okay, I won. <laughs> but <laughs> but go on alert. there, <laughs> go on there and watch it because it actually is really fun to watch. I've I've actually rewatched it twice now, and uh, and it's fun. I actually kind of want to go back to see like maybe we can beat our old scores or something. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. Right after you return from your trip to Disneyland, uh, I want to rechallenge you on there to talk about Disney trivia. And I haven't been to Disneyland in five years, so. I'm sure that a lot has changed, but if we're talking history, I'm probably going to have a leg up. I think it's really interesting that the very day that we recorded that, where we were talking about Epcot history, that evening my brother gave me a book um, that was published actually in 1982 and was the uh, official book of Epcot. And uh, I was really excited to get it, but I kind of wish I'd had it before we'd had our, you know, a week or two before we'd had our, our competition because I would have probably known a few more questions than. Uh, the ones that I was asked. You still would have lost. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun. So go on YouTube. It's also in podcast form from what he was telling us. So go check it out. And uh, it is a lot of fun to listen to. Another thing that happened in my personal life this week was something awesome. And that is I got a job with the post office. <laughs> something that's been exciting. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, I can't. I tried and I can't get in and I know an uncle and they love it. They retired and yada, yada. And, and a lot of people are excited for me. So thanks to everyone who said congrats. And it means a lot. I'm excited to start the next chapter and get out of retail. Thank God. <laughs> because that was a nightmare. And, uh, you know, it's a good career for me and my family. Me and Amelia, it's a nice, secure job to have. So that's exciting for me. I start that this coming Monday. What happened with you this past week, Joey? Uh, you know, it's life as usual. I got a chance to go see Black Panther and uh, enjoyed that. Visited nice. uh, with some friends. We had a date night, went to the Alamo Draft House and had dinner and a movie. Uh, so that was really cool and, uh, and really enjoyed that. So if you haven't checked it out, I know you haven't seen it yet, Rich. So hopefully by the time this airs, you'll have seen it. Maybe some folks can let us know what they thought as well. And uh, so, yeah, that's pretty much been been my week. I've been hearing nothing but good things about that film, so I, I think I will go see it. Maybe this weekend or early on this week. So, we have a lot to get to, and this is going to be a really fun show. So, let's get to that right after this. train because we are doing um, an Animal Kingdom challenge today, but we thought we'd talk to you about some of our previous trips that we've had. Yeah, we just had a moment, obviously, since we're sitting on the train, so we thought we would do our recording right now. Yay! When is a better time than this? <laughs> so, um, this segment is going to be about our past epic escapes. And we're going to talk about our first one that we ever had. We're just going to share with you our number one thing that happened, that, that time 
that we were at Walt Disney World for the first time together. So I'm going to have Christina go first and share hers, um, her experience, what she feels was the best uh, thing that happened during that time. So on our first trip, um, you all know that Tower of Terror is our favorite ride, but um, we got on the ride and we were all dolled up. That was our fancy day and um, the cast members just really went up and over the top. They realized that we were basically obsessed with the ride and so after a couple times going on the ride, they just started taking us off of the exit of the ride and just started taking us back up to the top and so that was really my favorite where they, they just got super into it and they were like you should try to ride it 13 times and we didn't quite get that but um, yeah that was to me that was just my favorite part it was, it was really exciting and we were really not expecting that and um, we also got to ride it together by ourselves in an empty car and that was that was like really crazy for us. Yeah, that was my first experience having the car to ourselves. Um, Christina had actually done that before with her husband. Yeah, and we just asked. I mean, that's basically our motto in the parks. Basically, it doesn't ever hurt to ask, and Kelly and I have gotten so much pixie dust. Just, if you just ask, sometimes they'll say yes, sometimes they say no, but, you know. Yeah. How about you? Oh, yeah. So, we actually didn't tell each other what our top, what our top moments were, um, but no, it wasn't, it wasn't, but um, my favorite part was actually something we recreated yesterday, um, it's going into, going into one man's dream in Hollywood Studios and becoming a Walt Disney World citizen. So that's something that you can do for free. I don't know if you all know that you can do that, but you just go to the person at the front and you ask to become a citizen. And they give you a piece of paper. You have to fill out the answers to three different questions, become a citizen, and then at the end, you sign a book that actually goes into the Disney archives, and they keep it for years and years and years and years. The, when we went yesterday, we had them look and see how many years they had just in the back room, and it was 2013 was the oldest time. So we actually like to go back and take a picture with our signatures in the book and write our new date in every time we come back to Hollywood Studios. Um, it's just a tradition for us. So we, we just love really doing that. Plus the cast members there were so cool and they got us in to meet Moana. Moana. We didn't have to wait in line. So that was just amazing. Well, I hope you enjoyed our talk about our first escape together. And we're gonna be talking about our um, second and third escapes as well in the coming episodes. weeks. Yeah. So keep listening. And if you wanna check us out on Facebook, we're known as Epic Disney Escape. And Instagram, the same, Epic Disney Escape. Thanks so much. And now, the latest news. Extra, extra.
This week in the news, Mickey Mouse's 90th birthday is quickly approaching, and there are tons of events around the world that will be taking place beginning this past week on March 7th, and some of those events are events like a fashion show called The Happiest Show on Earth, original, featuring a Mickey-inspired couture collection from opening ceremony founders Carol Lim and Humberto Leon. <laughs> did I do that right? Humberto. Yeah, you did. Humberto. <laughs> the show will serve as opening ceremonies, spring 2018 show, and close out Fashion Week celebrations around the world. Select styles will be available immediately after the show on ShopDisney.com. Fashion icon Minnie Mouse, who recently received a star on Hollywood's Walk of Fame, will also be honored at the show. And that's not all. The party continues through 2018 with the following events. This fall, ABC will air a star-studded celebration of Mickey in honor of his birthday with special guests, musical performances, and more. Disney Channel will debut Season 5 of the Mickey Mouse Animated Shorts, taking the series total up to more than 90 shorts, wow. including a special 7-minute extended-length birthday episode that will air later this year. I love those shows. Mm -hmm. And that's what the ride at Hollywood Studios is going to be basically animated after. So I'm excited for that. And I love these episodes. They're a lot of fun. Walt Disney Parks and Resorts around the world will celebrate Mickey's 90th birthday on November 18th, marking the day with commemorative merchandise, photo locations, and more. I know they had quite a bit this past year and free buttons and cupcakes and merch, which all looked pretty cool. They still have a lot of it around the parks. Hmm. Beginning in late 2018 and into 2019, the world's biggest mouse party, saluting Mickey and Minnie, will take place at Disney parks worldwide. That's pretty vague, but that's fun, so whatever. <laughs> Disney on Ice will salute Mickey as the true original host of Disney on Ice since its inception in 1981 by creating Mickey's 90th pre-shows for productions touring the United States, Europe, Middle East, Africa, and Latin America. Disney on Ice presents Mickey's Special Celebration, a new production showcasing Mickey Mouse's memories throughout the years. That will launch in Japan in July 2018 and continue touring through the Asia-Pacific region until August 2019. In, in France, 38 design and art schools will take part in Mickey is Art, a unique contest in which students will craft works of Mickey inspired by their favorite artist movement. The winning designs will be displayed this summer in 12 major train stations in France and for sale this September at Galerie Glenat in Paris. I think that's how you pronounce it. Disney Store will continue to celebrate milestones, moments for Mickey Mouse with the Mickey Mouse Memories Collection that was launched this past January. A monthly limited release series of 12 collectible plushes, mugs, and pins inspired by Mickey's most memorable movie roles. Disney Publishing Worldwide will introduce more than 30 titles globally as part of Mickey's 90th, including books, arts and crafts, and comics. But, Joey, <laughs> there is something that Disney's doing that's quite the opposite of a celebration, and we spoke hmm. of this a few shows back, but it's sadly official that Mickey Mouse will no longer be talking to guests in his theater location at the Magic Kingdom beginning on May 12th of this year. So if you haven't got the chance to head over there and experience that, you should. Because it's going away basically in about two months. Mm -hmm. Or less. Actually, mm. a month and a right half. about that, yeah. About, 12 month, about two months. 
The reasoning for this is that apparently, quote, there's technical difficulties and overall guest confusion since other Mickey characters in the park do not talk to guests, and also budgetary reasons as the entertainer contracts for this venue were higher than many others. Hmm. Mickey will continue to meet here, but in the non-articulated role. Boo. So basically, <laughs> it's cheaper if Mickey doesn't talk. It's cheaper with less <laughs> magic. Yeah, but they, weren't they just talking about something on the West Coast having the, the Fab Five actually all talk in costume? I wonder if they're going to scrap that. Well, I know that they had, it was Mickey, Minnie, and Donald. And it was awesome. I'm like, yes, this is the future of meet and greets. And that's what everyone was saying. But then, uh, you know, Shanghai and Fox. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And it's not I like have they're no hemorrhaging clue. money or anything. I mean, they're actually, they're making money. It's just, I mean, I guess well, they can't it, just it, do everything. It is kind of weird where the money is allocated to because the person who I heard this from told me about two weeks before this was announced in the news. And this is an insider that I'm not going to give away who they are, but they directly work in the department that works <laughs> It was on Umberto Leon. <laughs> <laughs> Umberto, the silent H. Leon <laughs> with the uh, accent over there. So a couple of those vowels. <laughs> uh, they they actually told me, though, that um, it, it's, it's so much training and money spent into something that people really don't stay into, and it's a lot of upkeep. But you know mm. what, though? In my opinion... Some of it's worth it because think about all the upkeep that has to go in some of the old attractions that uh, Disney's never going to get rid of. And, you know, mm. speaking of which, that's the major show topic today. <laughs> yeah, we should talk about that at some point. We should. We should. We should. So before we get anyway, off, Mickey, can I point out something I think I heard you say? And correct me if I'm wrong, but did you call Minnie Mouse a fashion icon? <laughs> that's what Disney calls her, apparently. I guess polka dots is a fashion uh, icon's, you know, right. vision. <laughs> so. You heard it here, folks. First, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Minnie Mouse is a fashion icon. She's popular of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's sad news. Uh, first of all, let me go back a little bit. That's a lot of cool things throughout this year to check out. I'm excited to see the stuff in the parks specifically. But sadly, it's sad to know that less than two months from now, there'll be no more talking and interacting Mickey because confusion or something. Right. <laughs> Staying at the Magic Kingdom, Pinocchio's Village House counter service restaurant is set to start a buffet-style dinner service very soon. Guests will find offerings in a buffet-style dinner at Geppetto's Village House Buffet, priced at $22 per adult, $12 per child, hmm. and the lineup should include stuff like Italian food, you know, because sure. they're Italian. Yeah. Offerings <laughs> such as multiple salads, baked ziti, meatballs, pasta, Alfredo, chicken parmesan, flatbreads, breadsticks, cannolis, and Italian cakes. Reservations should open soon, but the start date has not been disclosed as of yet. The thing is, is I actually like Pinocchio's Village House, and 22 bucks isn't really that bad for a buffet. No, that's a really good price. And 12 for the kids? That's a really that's good price. That's really good as well, yeah. So I think that's kind of cool, and I love how they, they kind of continuously switch up the menus. We saw something that was kind of unpopular with 
be our guests recently, especially with how the points worked. They basically doubled it or something along those lines, and they changed something on the menu, and it was not popular. But on the same token, they add stuff, you know, little here and there, like whenever they changed the Pecos Bill menu about two years ago, and they added the never-ending shake over at the plaza restaurant or whatever the bottomless shake and now this is to me it sounds like a positive change so we'll see how that goes maybe i'll do a little review action on it <laughs> yes i'll have one adult buffet and nine children's buffets thank you very much oh god <laughs> outside the parks but staying on property the reedy creek improvement district or as <laughs> What's his name from last show? The City of Disney. <laughs> the City of Disney by... Well, what was oh, his God. name? Uh, loyal. 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 Uh, I don't remember his last loyal. name. But yeah. Loyal. loyal the Uber driver. <laughs> anyway, go back and listen to the last episode <laughs> and know what we're talking about. But the Reedy Creek Improvement District signed an agreement with Origis. I think that's their name. <laughs> Origis Energy to build a new solar farm on the western edge of the Walt Disney World Resort property. The facility will provide power to the Reedy Creek Improvement District and over time to the resort. The 270-acre farm with 518,000 solar panel modules will be built along the east side of State Highway 429, just west of Disney's Magnolia and Palm Golf Courses. Hmm. This new solar farm is over 10 times larger than the 22-acre Hidden Mickey solar farm located near Epcot. The project is expected to start in spring 2018, which is basically now, it feels like summer out, and finish before the year's end. Around 300 jobs will be created as a result of the project. And here's the thing. When I was first reading about this, a lot of people online were talking about why not do what Legoland in Florida is doing? Because what they have is their parking area is covered with solar panels. So it provides shade to the vehicles, but also the power to the park. Mm -hmm. So I don't get why something like Epcot, imagine Epcot covering their entire parking lot with mm -hmm. these mm -hmm. little uh, panels instead of clearing out land and they have to probably make sure they can build on it because you know the, so a lot of it's protected, but not only that, but a lot of it can't support a lot of weight even though those wouldn't be weighing too too much but uh it's kind of weird they'd have to do extra work it seems like i mean then again they'd have to close off portions of the parking lot but if they figured out a way to make it easy just do whole rows at a time and then throw the panels on yeah well it's already being done right at like legoland like you said i've seen numerous places that have that where they instead of having a lamp post there it's it's some kind of, you know, and they, they can turn it into a work of art. They can have all kinds of fun with that. Yeah, there's, I mean, gosh, Epcot's a place to do it if you're going to do it anywhere around there. At least start with there. I mean, imagine how much nicer it would be at the Magic Kingdom and your your car's not 600 degrees if you leave <laughs> earlier in the day. It's kind of covered up and, uh, and then they provide all the power to the park right across the way. So, or at least some of the resorts, they're right there. Yeah, I've heard that the parking lot at Epcot is so large that you can actually fit the entire Magic Kingdom in it. I'm not entirely sure that's true, but um, yes, sounds they, good. Well, <laughs> they say Disneyland, but I think maybe, maybe possibly right. also yeah. Magic Kingdom. Um, yeah, I yeah. Think no, it, yeah. What's weird though is the layout's so nice that I almost never take the tram to in Epcot. Almost ever, it's just like easy to get it, get everywhere. I don't know. Yeah. 
All right, so staying at Epcot at the American Adventure Pavilion, there is now a magic band reader and doorbell installed to the right of the entrance of the attraction for the American Adventure. And that's basically where we've been talking for about a year now, where the Club 33 location for Epcot will be. Mm. So it's kind of cool that they're adding at least, if they're working on the outside, how far along do you think that the inside's gone so far? Pretty far, I would think. Yeah. Hopefully it's, like, finished, but we've already got the prices. We've already got the new logo. And to me, that kind of says that maybe they're getting closer to maybe, like, a summer open or something along those lines. Do you think they're going to wait until the very last minute to announce that it's even open? Or are they going to soft open it to people that have memberships? And then we're just going to one day hear about it because somebody's finally going to spill the beans that, you know, they brought their kids and their kids are going to tell some, uh, you know, reporter who's going to put it in, you know, some, uh, you know, one of the Disney publications or, or even the Orlando Sentinel or something like that. Do you think that's how it's going to go? What do you think? I don't know. It's kind of like 50-50. Either they have a grand like rope cut or ribbon cutting ceremony or they're just like, it's open now. Enjoy your time in here, sir. And then just uh, give us your $30,000. <laughs> yeah. Now go back to Golden Oak or whatever that <laughs> area. I like how that whole, that whole neighborhood, it's called Golden Oak or something. And they're like, you can live on Disney property, and it's Golden Oak. Ugh. And they're like, by the way, your Disney pass is included. I'm like, yeah, but it's like $2 million a house. Like, what's another like, $800 <laughs> to them? I'm like, whoop-de-doo. <laughs> well, you don't know, what you don't realize is that Melarus or the HOA fees are probably like you yeah, know, 20 30000 a year or something. So yeah. it's, you know, it's, like, it's included because you're actually paying for it. <laughs> yeah, Club 33 memberships are like petty to them they're like meh i guess we'll go there and get like a soda or something you know we joke but you and i would both love to live there and have memberships oh, yeah. to club 33 so oh yeah well once once this podcasting takes off we'll uh <laughs> yeah a few more five-star reviews and we'll be there right <laughs> yeah so go on itunes and uh there you go <laughs> yeah exactly and tell all your friends to to subscribe too because we need about twenty thousand more subscribers and we can start getting <laughs> per month sponsorship yeah yeah, yeah. It, at least It'll happen one day. We're we're getting closer there. I mean, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> Last in the news, as part of the ongoing reimagining of the park, Epcot, a new nighttime show was always expected, and we've even talked about this literally a year ago, but the new show has apparently been fast-tracked to debut sooner in the park's expansion plans than they originally envisioned because... There was a shakeup in management, and they're like, let's get this stuff done faster. Mm. You know who's excited about that? Me. Because <laughs> I love Illuminations, but if they can make it current with, like, little drones, maybe not so many lasers because it's not the 80s, <laughs> maybe some updated music because it's not the early 90s, <laughs> maybe get rid of the globe with all the burnt-out LED light bulbs and the five-minute time it takes to get out there to be exciting again. I don't know. <laughs> but the, the, <laughs> I'm not salty. The score and vocals for the new show were recorded last week or two weeks ago, depending on when you listen to this. Tisk tisk. <laughs> and that's according to online sources. This may also be connected to the recent and sudden activity in the Wonders of Life Pavilion with the shakeup, 
which will now not be the festival center at this year's Flower and Garden Festival, which I did notice. I was there the other day and noticed it was kind of just roped off. They did hmm. start pressure washing like we talked about on top. But who knows what's going on? I know that there was some photos online of executives all in suits taking a look at that center, the Wonders of Life Pavilion, as well as, and curious enough, the Journey into Imagination uh, attraction in that whole area on that side. So it's kind of like scary, but also exciting to see that (laughs) because let's be honest, Figment's not going anywhere joey you should see the ungodly amount of merch that was being sold and also what's awesome is they had a ton of orange bird merch but figment had everything he had flower planters he had this it was pretty cool it had this uh, thing you'd put in your garden like i don't know what they're called i'm not uh, into gardening really but it was like this ornament that you'd put in your yard and it had the old logo underneath Figment sitting there with like this shiny globe kind of thing. And there was tons of tons and tons of other Figment stuff there. So unless he's this like orange bird type icon where there's no attraction, but he's still a character. I don't think it would be wise of them to get rid of the attraction. If anything, imagine you're, you see Figment everywhere. He's all over all the merch. And then you're like, who is Figment? Oh, he's part of that ride over there. What ride? I want to go see it. And then you go and it's this long wait, like Soren and Test Track. <laughs> and it's something amazing and incredible that they could do. They have the building size for it. And they have all the land back there for it. And they should do. I was going to say, where's this long wait you're talking about? <laughs> no, no. Well, actually, the longest wait I've ever seen there was during dapper day and like the 35th and all that it's like mm. a, an hour wait for figment i was like well that's different <laughs> like yeah, right? even i don't wait for that for flight of passage so anyway long story short there's exciting things going on over at epcot and i'm excited i mean especially if they're talking about fast tracking all this new stuff it's gonna be awesome well and we know from the d23 last summer that uh, epcot was a very heavily discussed area which is rightfully so you know hollywood studios is getting its love and uh, animal kingdom just got its love and so epcot's definitely do definitely because oh man it's just like i walk right past future world straight to the good area world showcase and i love it and that that's so timeless i mean they added frozen but it fits so well there it's it's an argument but to me i think it fits so well that it's okay that it's a frozen area because you can't actually really tell from the outside until you go inside and it's all all Elsa all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, uh, that whole area is nice, and um, but Future World needs to just be like shut down and they have like one path leading straight to World Showcase and then just clear it all out. <laughs> just like an express, yeah, an express like lane or something. <laughs> yeah. Just put a bridge over everything, just <laughs> take that. <laughs> Well, I'm loving all of that Epcot love, and hopefully it'll all happen sometime soon. So Joey is back this week with his segment, and we're (laughs) going to basically switch off from the weekly park etiquette to Joey's segment, the hack of the week. So let's go with that, Joey. So Rich, you are an annual pass holder, so your perspective of going to Walt Disney World is different than somebody say who goes once every five years or what has been 
you know, once every 10 years or maybe has never been before. Right. This might be the only trip that they're ever going to have. So right. a lot of those kinds of people, they're the, you know, you kind of you've been enough times that you actually have learned by even making mistakes. Right. You've you've done things and thought, well, that didn't work out so well. And then you did it a second time and it was infinitely better so you thought wow this is the way to do it so that's how you've learned these hacks and so a lot of people looking for a particular tip or trick that they can use when going to walt disney world or seeking things out on the internet of course you know i'm i'm scouring pinterest and youtube and i'm looking at blogs all the time of different ways to uh, make my trips better but there's just i have a handful of about five like ultra favorites and i have like a list of 10 that i always tell people uh, whenever they go to Disneyland or Disney World, and they really apply anywhere. They apply at the zoo, they apply at the museum. They, you can use them pretty much uh, almost anywhere when you're traveling. And one of my all-time favorites, and I, this is the one I want to talk about this week, and I'm curious to get your point of view on this, and that is rope drop. You know, we hear people talk about it all the time, uh, and and I even hear people that are not morning people, and I, I get you. Trust me. I, I, I like to sleep in. I When I'm on vacation... Don't bother me till my eyes are done, uh, you know, and, they, and I can't keep them closed any longer. And that's when I got to get up. But the the value that you get out of those first 90 minutes, two hours in the parks, I think are some of the best that you could possibly get when you're on vacation. And so I want to know, first of all, what do you think about that? What do you tell people that, um, you know, ask you questions about rope drop or getting there early? And is this something that you do on a regular basis or is it something that as an annual pass holder isn't, doesn't really have that much value for you? Okay. Well, I have an opinion that a lot of people that are pass holders probably disagree with. First of all, I absolutely hate mornings with a passion and always have. And I never got used to mornings, no matter what shift at work I worked, but coming to Disney in the morning is definitely worth doing uh, whether you're a pass holder or you've never been before in my opinion first of all they used to do a train station show at the magic kingdom which they no longer do due to various reasons like safety and also financially because the park is now open one hour before the rope drop is what they call it where the lands actually are accessible and they actually have a rope drop now, which is kind of interesting. They right. didn't even have one before. Yeah, before it was just like people standing there. and <laughs> But, you know, now it's open to guests to shop and eat breakfast. And, you know, that's just money that they're making instead of not. So, okay. So they used to have that show. But now they have a new show. It's not as fun, in my opinion, but it's still okay. It, it does the job. It, The Blue Fairy comes out. Or, no, not the Blue Fairy. Um, the Fairy Godmother. The Fairy Godmother comes out and... And she says, bippity boppity boo and then there's fireworks, and then the land's open, and, and there's all the characters, and they sing and do a little thing real quick, and it's fun, and it's a nice way to start your morning, in my opinion. That's at Magic Kingdom. At Epcot, you have the janitors that play right there underneath Spaceship Earth. They allow you to walk all the way up to where Spaceship Earth is, and they play, and I love it. I love watching them play in general. And seeing them bright and early to start your day is awesome. Over at Animal Kingdom, they release birds. And they have sometimes they have meet and greets there in the morning. And at Hollywood Studios, which I haven't rope dropped in about 20 years. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> uh, I believe they do a little show and they have a family that they drive down to the Hollywood Tower Hotel. I believe that's what they do. Maybe yeah, they have someone... like a family of the day there like they used to do at Magic Kingdom. 
Right, yeah. And yeah, they used to do that. At, I don't think they do it at all now at Magic Kingdom. Mm-mm, they don't. So, <clears throat> rope dropping the parks, I absolutely suggest it, especially if you've never been, because there's something about Main Street in the morning. There's something about, about the parks in the morning, especially Main Street and Epcot. You have all the friendly cast members smiling mm-hmm. and waving, and they're handing out buttons, and they have those Mickey glove hands on. And they're just all smiling. You also see the performers doing the trolley show on Main Street. And that's awesome to watch. You can ride the, what's it, the double-decker thing, mm-hmm. bus. The omnibus. The mm-hmm. omnibus all the way up to the castle. You can meet the Dapper Dans. You can meet the townsfolk like the mayor, the suffragette, and a couple of the other ones like the fire chief, uh, Chief Smokey Miller, and a couple others that are just kind of fun to interact with. And it's it's just so great i love it so much so definitely do that if you get the chance that's my advice i know it's long but there you go no it's awesome and so and so we have two different points of view and all i want to say for this week's disney hack is that you give it a shot if you are not a morning person if you if you are going to disney world and you're listening for some ideas and some suggestions i know a lot of people who listen to this show regularly go to disney world or uh, you know, they're, they're just as savvy as you and I, and they, they kind of know some of these things. But I just can't stress this. Go in early in the morning. It doesn't matter how much I say it or how many people I tell about this. Uh, some people are still going to sleep in uh, while they're there. And I just want to encourage you to try it one time. Just schedule one morning where you get up early, you get over to the Magic Kingdom, and you get in early. Uh, you know, we went early this last year uh, to the Magic Kingdom. It was our first day there. And... We waited at the tunnel, you know, the tunnel right next to the under the train station where you're just getting ready to go in. And uh, there was a small group of about maybe 150 people there. But this this 150 people represented everybody that's going to be in the park the minute they let us in. And they actually did have a rope. They had a, a thin ribbon that they had strung across the crowd. And as soon as the moment came to let us in, which was about it was a 9 a.m. open that day. So it was about 745 in the morning. We'd only been standing around for about 10 or so minutes and they pulled this robe back and they told everybody to walk safely into Main Street. And, and it was so great because this group of 150 people, once we got past the tunnel and got into Main Street, I almost couldn't see anybody. I mean, it was almost like nobody was there and having it all to myself and the, the cast members, like you said, waving and smiling and everything is clean and fresh. Uh, you know, everything's wiped down. Everything is polished to a T. And you can go shopping in the stores. You can go down to Starbucks and not feel rushed. You can make your way down Main Street slowly without feeling like you're going to miss anything because there's another rope, of course, stopping you once you get to Main Street. You know, when I was a kid, Rich, we went to Disneyland every year. And I can remember standing at the end of Main Street because this is what they did when I was a kid growing up. They'd let you into Main Street an hour before the park opened. But there were cast members lined up with a rope. And as soon as the time came to open the park, there would be a big speaker announcement and they would pull that rope back and we ran as fast as we could for Space Mountain. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised I never tripped and fell and knocked a whole bunch of people over. Um, we were very dedicated to be getting there. And I never got to Space Mountain first when I was a kid. Of course, I got to ride it first when I worked there because I was able to get past the rope. But uh, but I just want to say as a Disney hack, this is one that I think you should try out. I think if you do, you're going to find out just how magical Disney World can be. It doesn't matter what park you go to. They're all magical when you get there first thing in the morning. Um you know, Animal Kingdom, we went and rope drop Animal Kingdom and got to see um, Divine. And I hear a lot of people who don't ever get a chance to see Divine. And I was able to stand next to her and take pictures of her. And she's just incredible. If you've never seen her, get there early and 
try to get a chance to check her out. And there's just so many other things we could say about that, but I want to get on to the main topic. But I just think that's uh, such a great hack that so few people really fully ever take advantage of. And I just want to encourage people to just do it once. And if they like it, then they'll know because they did it. And uh, if they don't like it, <laughs> they'll know because they did it. But I think they'll really appreciate that they actually did do it once. And one more thing before we move on that I thought about while you were mentioning that is that's a perfect time of day to get those photos where hardly anyone, if anyone else, is in the background. I've got perfect castle shots, the Walt and Mickey partner statue, and tons of photos at Epcot and World Showcase with nobody around. And plus the morning sunlight looks really great for photos. It looks incredible. Yeah, so make sure you guys take that advice and now, let's get to the main topic. This week on the show, Joey and I are going to be talking about something that I find very interesting. I saw an article last week that perked my imagination, and I'm like, I definitely want to talk about that because it's something that we haven't even thought about talking about, but it's something that a lot of people have discussed on message boards and Facebook and it is the top 10 sacred Walt Disney World attractions. Now, this is basically going to be attractions that we think that Disney holds sacred and not what we think are the sacred attractions because I think they're slightly different from what I wish that they would never get rid of and things that I think Disney will never get rid of. So, I have a top 10 list and Joey and I pretty much came up with the same attractions, right Joey? Yeah, we we kind of we we sort of put our own four or five or six into a list and then by the time we were done doing that we had a pretty tight top 10 list that we agreed on. Okay, so what I'm going to be doing is going through starting with what I think is kind of the least. I mean, and a lot of these are kind of you know, hand in hand with another one, but but I kind of just made an order in which I think that Disney would not touch them from least to never touching them, I guess. So number 10, number 10 is the Prince Charming's Royal Carousel. Now that's a, an attraction that I definitely don't think that will ever be removed or replaced unless it's maybe rethemed to another prince or something. But I think that because if I remember correctly, Walt was sitting with his daughter at a little like carnival or something at the merry-go-round. And that was mm -hmm. something that he was like, I can do this. And sure enough, you know, we have Disneyland and, and then all the other parks. But that was something that I believe was what sparked him to create Disneyland. Yeah. And, you you know, when you look at pictures or videos or commercials of Disney World, right? I mean, I can't think of uh, even if they don't put him in there. We've seen it so many times that our brains sort of insert this picture of a dad, you know, with his daughter in front of him. And she's holding on and he's holding on to her and they're on this white stallion and the, it's very kinetic and moving around and uh and spinning and the music is playing i think that you know regardless of what coast you live on and what disney theme park you go to this this carousel concept is uh, you know it's 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 a great memory for little kids it's a great memory for for folks do you take your daughter on the carousel ever i do and she loves it she loves it and we, <laughs> we go on it a lot i mean i don't if she wasn't there i wouldn't ride it but it it is fun because of what i see her how I see her enjoying it. Mm -hmm. It's always a great uh, ride to hop on. If you, you know, if you, there's a long wait for something else, you can you can do that. You know, it's right next to you know the photo ops with the princesses. It's right next to Mickey's Philharmonic, 
And so, you know, if if you miss, if you're getting going to, to Mickey's Philhar Magic and the the show is, the door is just closed, right? You know, you can head over and probably ride the carousel and then head back and knock out, you know, at least one attraction while waiting for uh, the next show time. And so uh, it's just, it has so many pluses, but I, I agree with you. I think because it represents sort of that catalytic spark of everything that has, that a Disney theme park has to do with, you know, Walt sitting on a bench, watching his daughters having fun and thinking there needs to be a place where parents and children can do this kind of stuff together. And now of course they've, they've leveraged that to the hilt with all their marketing showing families riding together. I, I absolutely agree that this is one that they're probably never going to change. They might change the, the, the prints, like you said, um, yeah, I have no idea who they might change it to, but you know, you never know. They might change it from Prince Charming to some other prints at some point down the road. The but uh, I think it's a, even. yeah, <laughs> that's a topic for a whole nother show. What would they change Prince Charming's carousel to? Well, think um, even in Saving Mr. Banks, he took uh, P.L. Travers on the carousel to kind of get her out of that uh, stiff, you know, personality where she's so uptight and everything. And sure mm-hmm. enough, she had fun on it. Yeah, so. it's one of the few times in the movies you actually, you actually saw her smiling and enjoying herself. Yeah. Number nine, Number nine is over at Animal Kingdom, and that is the Kilimanjaro Safaris. And I think that Joey, when he suggested this, hit the nail on the head. That's definitely not going anywhere considering of how many millions of dollars they spent on constructing that attraction. Yeah, I mean, that is sort of the seminal attraction of that whole park right i mean if you think about it the the, just the sheer size of the safari track itself if you were to look at um the google earth map the uh, the safari itself is larger than the rest of animal kingdom i mean it's just massive right it's 100 acres and so uh, and they put a lot of money in it they they spend a lot of money taking care of it they care for the animals there i mean it is basically the reason you have animal kingdom is because of this safari attraction and so i don't think they're going to it might change the course of the route might change over time the animals that you see in there you know i mean if the if the rhinoceros does become extinct someday they're not going to have any there for you to look at they'll have something else for you to look at there but uh hopefully they'll be able to hold that stuff off and uh, and i you know as much as they call it not a zoo i definitely think that the kilimanjaro safari is definitely a mainstay for the park and it's something i think that they're going to have 50 and 100 years from now when we're, uh, you know, uh, going to Disney parks as very, very, very old men. (laughs) (laughs) Something I did forget to mention is these are attractions that I think that are sacred, like never going away. But I don't think that they would maybe not be rethemed a little bit. For instance, the Kilimanjaro Safaris used to have this whole storyline about poaching. And they had Big Red and Little Red with the dead rhinos and everything. And uh, they've changed that over time. So, and a lot of these attractions have changed over time and continue to change and will change in the future. But um, as far as the attraction itself, I don't think that's ever going away. And, you know, it's a popular ride uh, still. I mean, I'm looking at uh, wait times while we're recording. And, you know, even though Navi River Journey has a 105 minute wait, the safari ride is only 15 minutes less than that you know so it's a 50 minute wait so you know it's it's definitely going to have uh, a longevity because it is very popular but i also think it's one of the best that they've ever created yeah i like it i go on it when i can when the wait's not you know 150 minutes because it does have long wait times a lot of the time but mainly in the morning and 
tip, and that's basically when the animals are out the most. So that's why it's a long wait. Yeah, or grab a fast pass if you can for that. Yes, for sure. <laughs> the next one on the list is number eight. Number eight. And that's over at Epcot, and it's Spaceship Earth. Now, here's the thing about that, though. At the time, in the mid-2000s, they were actually planning on re-theming and gutting Spaceship Earth to be a roller coaster. I am so glad they did not do that. <laughs> that would be disastrous. Because it, it was so- called something like Time Crisis or something like that. And I'm like, thank God. It was supposed to like come out of the side and do all this other stuff and go back in. Wow. But, uh I'm so glad they didn't do that. Now, will they update it? It's supposed to go down for a short refurbishment here in a few months. I don't know what they're going to actually be changing, if much at all, with the scenes or anything. Please take out those screens. Please, Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they've made numerous changes to Spaceship Earth. Correct? Yeah, there's about four iterations, I believe. They had one about a year later, a short one. They had the major one in 94, and then the other major one in 2005, I believe it is. Or it might have been 2007. Yeah, I, we could Google that and find out when that is, well, you know, all the different changes. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure that there's going to be uh, continual updates. But you, but certain things like you know the historical moments, the printing press and the Phoenicians and all that stuff, I'm sure that's all going to stay. A lot of the things at the, the tail end of it, they'll probably update. And, it, and as... Imagineers come up with good ideas that can get past upper management and get greenlit. I'm sure we'll see some improvements to the ride over the years. I hope so. I really enjoy it. I actually was on it last night when I was at Epcot for Flower and Garden, and uh, I I like it every time. I mean, they do need some AC in there. Just uh, if I could first world problem (laughs) a complaint real quick. Their AC is really hot. (laughs) Feels like the actual burning Rome scene is the entire ride. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hmm. But anyway, anyway, uh, Spaceship Earth, I think it's timeless, even though, you know, it still looks great. They've barely made any changes to the older scenes, and they still look great to this day. I don't think they should change it, except for, you know, some cosmetic things. And then, of course, uh, the descent is what everyone considers to be horrible. So I think that uh, that's a timeless ride that um, they're not going to be removing. Yeah, it's pretty sacred. The next one on the list is number seven over at the Magic Kingdom. Number seven. And that is Space Mountain. I don't think that they're going to ever remove Space Mountain, even with the Tron coaster going directly next door. I think it's one of those timeless, super popular, even though it's four decades old. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, it's never going away. Yeah, you know, the Space Mountain at Magic Kingdom is the original Space Mountain. And so it's uh, interesting that, uh, you know, even though it, I think it has had some refurbishments done that have changed a few things. It's pretty much the original ride that they put in. Yeah, they did a complete track replacement, but it's the same layout. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, they and they haven't done updates to it like they have in California with adding speakers to the track. I remember listening to you and Gabe and Nikki talk about that on the Theme Park Duo podcast when you guys were debating over which Tomorrowland was best. Uh, you know that. There's a lot about Space Mountain at the Magic Kingdom that is completely original, even though they've made tremendous numbers of changes and iterations to the one. They haven't changed the track in California, but they, you know, they included music. They've got overlays. 
Uh, you know, they've done a lot with the Q line. I know they've done a lot with the Q line in Florida as well, but it's interesting that they, it really has not changed as much as maybe they could have. And I think the reason is because it is kind of a sacred attraction. It is the weenie for uh, Walt Disney World's Tomorrowland. And so it's the thing that's drawing us all the way back uh, through that land and all the way to getting on Space Mountain. Yeah, it's only a few feet shorter than the castle, which is kind of crazy to think about. <laughs> it's awesome. The next one on the list is also at the Magic Kingdom. Number six. And that's number six, Peter Pan's Flight. Now, we have opinions on this attraction. <laughs> I, I think I dislike it a little bit more than you. Um, <clears throat> I think it's more popular than it should be. I think it's the single worst efficient ride on property, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Like least efficient or the, the right. worst, most least. efficient ride? Okay, wait. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> least efficient ride on property because of how bad it is to load everyone. Plus, they have this like nightmare situation going on with the fast pass system there. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it needs to be re- reworked. I think at a minimum, they should add the upgrades that they did for Disneyland's version. But I don't think this ride's going away anytime soon. No, definitely not. It's still a novelty, you know, it, it's definitely an opening day attraction. You know, it was an opening day attraction uh, at Disneyland. And so and it's been incredibly <laughs> popular since the 50s. So you know, this is a ride that, um, you know, you, you ride from a track that's above you and you're on this boat and looking down over London and Never Never Land and, you know, all the scenes. It's it, it, And it's incredibly nostalgic, you know, for people my age and older. Um, it's, you know, I remember watching Peter Pan as a kid being extremely, you know, impressed by the story and, and everything that went along with it. Of course, uh, you know, as you get younger, uh, you know, you have newer, more modern Disney films, you know, you don't have, you're not relying on the the clamshell Disney library, you've got, you know, movies coming out seemingly, you know, every year or several times a year, especially with Pixar. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot more to uh, compete with it. But yeah, for me, it, it has a lot of nostalgic value. And uh, and certainly when we go, we try to get in line for it. In fact, this last trip, it was the we rope dropped Peter Pan because, um, you know, we got fast passes for um, all of the roller coasters. And so it made sense that, that we weren't going to wait 90 minutes for Peter Pan we should just go over there and get in line for it right away because it is it is a ride that if you don't get too quickly in the morning you're going to end up standing in line for a long time if you don't have a fast pass definitely (laughs) well I'm glad that they made some upgrades to the queue line though yeah it's a lot of fun but uh, to me the payoff isn't there but that's just Mm. personal opinion I know a lot of people come off it like that was the best and I'm like how does your daughter feel about it she well, see, we barely, we've only actually been on it like three times because the wait's always like 600 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you have to write, like rope drop it or do the extra after hours ticketed event just to write it. Right, because it, it's busy until late at night, yeah. It's impossible to get a fast pass in general for it. Um, no, it, overall, it's not that bad. I just really wish they would at least give it some love. Like, they have some nice upgrades, which aren't even <laughs> crazy over on the West Coast. I well, mean, really. I'll tell you right now, the Haunted Mansion is 45-minute wait. Peter Pan's Flight is a 70-minute wait. Yeah, 70 <laughs> minutes. And it looks to me... I'm going to complain a little bit right here. First world problems, pass holder problems. It looks like a high school drama class created this attraction. 
Yes, it's like 47 years old now. But, I mean, seriously, though. If you're going to have Peter Pan, make it awesome. Like, gut the building and then make it some sweet, like, ride with the faces like in the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and, and also in Frozen Ever After. That'd be awesome. But they may they may actually do that someday. They might. I think it'd be cool. You can have the same story. It's kind of quick and what the movie was, but yeah, it kind of just tells you the movie. <laughs> so either way, I think that Disney finds the Peter Pan's flight is sacred because they're not touching it. Nope. Now the next one on the list is number five. Number five. Also at the Magic Kingdom is the Mad Tea Party or Teacup attraction. I think that that ride is never going away. It's something that you see, just like you said earlier, on the commercials. It's what you see, like, two little kids smiling oh, so time. huge, and they're spinning around, having the best time. To be honest, mm-hmm. though, it's such a simple ride system, but it is a lot of fun. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the kids, they see it, and they get excited about it, and they want to ride it. And it's essentially just a carnival ride. You know, I mean, it's you see it at any other theme park you have a very similar ride system disney did a little bit to make sure that the ride vehicles themselves were very disney-fied and clean and and nice to look at and fun to sit in um is this one that you ever go on when you're there i do actually if it's short i mean if it's like a 10 to 15 minute wait i will actually wait for it it's pretty fun yeah and you can you can either not spin the little thing in the middle and still have a fun ride or if you're like wanting to go crazy and make yourself practically vomit you can spin the crap out of it and and uh it's actually really thrilling if you put it in that aspect because i've gotten dizzy on it quite a few times uh riding it in the past i did not go on it on this last trip i just wasn't feeling it but uh, uh the kids i think the kids went on it while i went and did something else but um yeah i mean they love it and i like to get on and spin the kids wild around, you know, and <laughs> try to get them as sick as I can. Because uh, a lot of times they they have a hard time even sitting up and reaching the, the wheel in the middle uh, and holding on for the length of the ride, whereas I can sit there very easily holding on to it and spinning it. I remember growing up the going to Disney and riding the uh, uh, Mad Tea Party, as they call it, at, um, at Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World and Disneyland. It's the... It's the um, got a different name i can't remember what it is right now <laughs> um the anyway teacups. <laughs> just kidding i don't know but one of the things that i remember about riding the teacups growing up is how uh, they're great to take a date on because there's some element that psychologists have determined that when you have a bit of excitement or fear or danger or uh, you know just a release of, of energy on a date it tends to make the date go a lot better so I, I did really well at taking girls to, to Disneyland and, uh, and you know that's why going on you know thrill rides and things like that but even the teacups qualify if you can uh, hey guys here's a Disney hack for you if you can get the girl uh, that you're on a date with to ride the teacups with you and she won't ride a roller coaster that in itself will actually have the same effect of giving her the thrill that's gonna make her like you a lot more and just pay attention to certain subtle cues she might be giving you if she looks like she's going to uh, vomit all over you, you might want to slow that <laughs> teacup down. What a stud, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, all right. Noted. <laughs> the next one is also at the Magic Kingdom, and that is number four. Number four. The Walt Disney World Railroad. I think that this will never, ever ever be removed from Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom as well as Disneyland probably the other parks that have them 
because Walt's love for trains, there, he has such a deep love for trains. There's even a train tour you can take there at Magic Kingdom. So I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I believe Holly and Peter took that recently. Yes, I I definitely want to go on it, and it's really cheap, and you can actually take a million photos, and and you know it's I heard it's an awesome tour. So anyway, the railroad is a lot of fun. I think it's relaxing. It's something that goes forgotten a lot of the time, and I even forget about it a lot. I'm like, let's go ride the railroad. Oh yeah, I forgot about it. Because a lot of times, and we mm-hmm. talked about this on the last episode is you're so caught up in what you got to do next and your fast passes and rushing over here and going over there and park hopping there. You just forget about some of the stuff like that. For instance, Tom Sawyer Island and the railroad. You never really think about it because it's there, but you go right past it to your ride that you have the fast pass for and yada yada. Mm-hmm. I try to incorporate the railroad into my park planning Last year, we had fast passes for Space Mountain at noon and a fast pass for Big Thunder Mountain at one. <laughs> and I did that by design. And although we had spent, you know, we started out in Fantasyland, like I said, we rope dropped Peter Pan. We spent the rest of the morning working our way through Fantasyland on our way over to Tomorrowland. And then we were able to knock out everything in Tomorrowland before we got on Space That's Mountain. Awesome. As soon as we got off on Space Mountain, we hopped on the train, which is just up a short walkway there just north of Space Mountain, and took that to uh, Frontierland, where we got off and got right in line for Big Thunder Mountain. And it was what a great way to take a break, too, because we were all pretty much feeling it. Nobody, They were looking at me like, what's next? I said, Big Thunder Mountain. And they're thinking, that's clear on the other side of the park. But they didn't understand that I had already put into my park plan that we were just going to take a short walk up to the train and of course, as soon as we got there, uh, the train rolled in, we hopped on and everybody got a nice 20 minute break as we rode around the park before we got over to uh, Frontierland and it was, it worked out perfect. I love it. So I definitely don't think that they're removing that and I hope uh, they only improve it. I know they're going to have to change it for Tron, right? Cause it's basically Tron's going directly over the path, isn't it? Yeah. I think they're going to just put it, there's just going to be either a tunnel or a bridge. So I don't think they're going to have to do anything with the train. It might shut down for a few days while they build the tunnel or the True, bridge. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be completely on the other side of the track. Mm-hmm. Well, good. I hope they never do. The next one on the list is also at the Magic Kingdom. Follow the theming here. These are A lot of these are something <laughs> that I think they'll just never remove because of how timeless a lot of them are as well as how beloved they are. The next one on the list is number three. Number three. It's Pirates of the Caribbean at all the parks. They have them, right? What do you mean? They have all a the Pirates parks? at every Disney park, right? I mean, every Magic Kingdom uh, theme. Uh, I, I think so, yeah. A, a version of it, yeah, pretty much all of them. That's a good question. I'd like to research that and find out if there's any parks that don't have a Pirates of the Caribbean, but I'm pretty sure they all have it. It's a very popular attraction. So we've seen so many changes. Uh, we've seen the scene of political correctness change from the men chasing the women in the mid-90s in the uh, scene where they're running after each other in circles. And we saw the scene recently, which is down currently as we record this, of the redhead being auctioned off as a bride. Uh, she's now going to be a pirate. So that's changed. And, uh, you know, we actually had a good conversation about this last episode which i agree with now that i heard that justification it's so simple 
Uh, yeah, there might be reasoning for political correctness, but there's also something that kind of makes more sense, which was changing it so you can have that whole new generation of little girls who don't want to be a princess. They want to be a pirate and go on adventures and sword fight and, you know, have the little guns and whatever and the patches and the whole outfits. That's just a whole other element of Bippity Boppity Boutique and the outfits that they can buy and all the toys that are geared towards girls. And who knows, maybe instead of Jake and the Never Neverland Pirates on Disney Junior, they'll have some sort of girl version or even like his little girlfriend or something but anyway that's a whole nother generation that it fits to now that you know i want to be a pirate she's a pirate and she looks cool standing there with like what she has a shotgun in her hand or something something like that so yeah. anyway there's a lot of changes that have happened but i definitely don't see that going away now we also almost didn't even have a pirates over here at walt disney world Almost. We almost got the Western River Expedition with a couple other attractions, but, you know, people demanded pirates. It's very popular. Of course, now we have the movie franchise that's not going away, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, I think there actually is talk of another Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Yay. So uh, even though you would think that this last one was just about it, they made enough money to to keep the interest alive and to keep keep having conversations about you know where they could go next but yeah that pirates is definitely one of those attractions that i think disney holds very sacred if they didn't then why would they put aside the western river expedition and put up parts of the caribbean when uh it was simply just popular to, you know it was it was backed by popular demand that they put in parts of the caribbean even though they were uh insistent that why would we have a pirate's ride when we're so close to the actual caribbean that you can go and see all kinds of stuff that you know you'll go live and uh, breathe the actual space where the pirates actually sailed through the water but um it's since its inception and since the park opened it's been very very popular and i don't think that they're ever going to change that when it is running it does have high wait times and i'm sure not all of that has to do with the fact that the ride breaks down regularly but um (laughs) And we did talk recently about, you know, hey, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great if they just gutted the whole thing and put in, you know, the Shanghai Disney version, yes. which would be wonderful. But the problem is, is even with the the problems they have with keeping the ride on track and, and uh, you know, everything else that they have going along with it, they still have very high wait times and lots of fast passes for it. And, uh, you know, that people are claiming and it's just a very popular ride. And I think it's definitely going to be around for a long it's time. like the single highest or one of the highest efficient rides on property like the complete opposite of peter pan oh yeah yeah they get a lot of people through that it's a people leader it's a great ride i mean it's a fun story great music which by the way this is kind of weird but exitensio wrote the story and the song and had never written anything before that right yeah, he wrote the Yoho Yoho song, yeah. It's crazy. So, moving on to number two. Number two. Also at the Magic Kingdom is the Haunted Mansion. I definitely never see this going away. We have also seen changes over the years with some of the scenes like the used to be Spider Room, and now it's the stairs that looks like almost like an M.C. Escher art a fo- a portrait or something we also have the ending with the magic band interaction and and now it's basically an animation rather than the pepper's ghost effect that they had with the mannequins on the other side of the glass 
Mm-hmm. We also had the bride have some changes and just things like that with the Madame Leota floats now. So they've had that stuff, but overall it's been the same story. They had the queue changes and um, it's a ride that I never see going away. Walt had his hand in working on this as well. Mm-hmm. Just like pirates. Yeah. And uh, they will continue, I'm sure, to make little microscopic changes to the attraction over time. Uh, what I'd love to see is for them to bring some of those overlays from California, like the haunted Halloween, you know, the, the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay for uh, Haunted Mansion. Um, that would be pretty great. But I don't know if the, I don't know if they're going to do it or not. But I think that they're definitely going to, in some form or another, keep this ride almost as it is now um, into the distant future because again very popular even though the, the ride times as it shows right now is less than Peter Pan and it has the similar Omni mover kind of uh, operating system it I think there's more vehicles on the track and they can put people through a lot quicker through the Haunted Mansion than they can through on uh, Peter Pan absolutely so they have different versions around the world and even a not haunted mansion version in what they have overseas called mystic manor which i love and wish we had here and it could fit totally in somewhere like animal kingdom but who knows <laughs> so they do have a haunted mansion maybe it will someday. i hope so yeah so rich what's number one number one is everyone's favorite catchy song at the magic kingdom number one it's a small world and you know why why because it's a uh, fun. <laughs> it's a it's a world of laughter. It's a world of cheer. Um, you know, this was when when you had proposed the topic to me. This was the only attraction I could think of right out the gate. I mean, I thought of this one, and I had to really think about some of the others. But it's a small world. It's such a sacred ride. I think in the minds of Disney, right? I think there's a lot of uh, Disney fans, Disney annual pass holders that probably wouldn't mind if it went away or it was re-themed something entirely different but you know something just as joyful but i you know it's uh it, it's the it's kind of the quintessential disney attraction even though it's not one that you see oftentimes in commercials because i'm sure it's hard to capture those angles inside that building when you come home from a disney trip you know seeing those uh, smiling little children's faces from those <laughs> animatronic <laughs> characters, you know, and the music singing in your head as you close your eyes to go to sleep at night. I mean, it just keeps living on with you long after you leave Disney World. Yeah. Um, okay. Before we, because, okay, <laughs> let me go back a little bit. I used to hate this ride with a passion. Uh, but then again, I was a boy. I wanted to ride thrill rides. I wanted to ride coasters. And I'm like, I don't want to ride that puppet ride. It's And it's repetitive. And they even make fun of it on Aladdin. And Aladdin was my movie growing up. So I'm like, I don't want to ride that. It's boring and it's annoying. Okay. At the moment, I actually really, really like It's a Small World. And the reason why is because of what it meant for attractions for Disney as well as the World's Fair in 1964. And I took a tour once called the Marceline to the Magic Kingdom tour. And I definitely recommend that tour. It's at the Magic Kingdom. And they bring you on this ride and they talk a little bit about the art, about how there was so much that went into this attraction that they actually basically bought all of 
the sequins and and I think bolts of fabric from like so many places in California to be able to construct all the costumes that there were like shortages and they they uh, actually had a story of I I'm totally mind blanking the Imagineer but they said we're gonna hire you if you can do something that improves this attraction and he's like well, I don't know what to do and they're like come up with something Mark, Mark David. Davis. Okay, I believe you're right because I think that's what he was thinking, but I didn't want to get it wrong. And what they said was, "Do something that improves the ride. So tell a story." And what he did was, and this is so subtle, and you won't notice it until you go back and look. And when you go back and look, it's in every scene. You're like, "Holy crap!" So first of all, he's like, "What am I gonna do?" And then what he did was, it's so simple, but he has on one side of the water or the scene you have a character shaking their head no or yes and on the other side you have someone who he's like looking over at that's shaking their head the opposite way like yes or no depending on Mm. what the other one is and it's like they're having a little argument and that's the story is that they're disagreeing but in the same scene they have a son in every single one of the main scenes so in every one of the scenes they have a son and they're all artistically different. And Mary Blair was head of basically designing this attraction. And there, it's just so there's so much to appreciate about it, especially whenever you hear a little bit on the album called "A Spoonful of Sherman." Everyone, go and listen to this after you're done listening to the show. And his son, uh, Robert, I think is Robert Sherman's son, talks about the track and i think a few years before he passed away he created an extra verse for this day and age and it just makes you really appreciate the attraction so much more than saying oh it's boring i want to go ride space mountain now you actually ride it and it really makes you think about what they put into these attractions back then and what the ride means another thing is all the change that gets thrown into the water a lot of people think they collect it and donate the change itself well they say they can't actually donate the the change itself so what they do is melt it together and sell the metal and that money goes towards unicef and originally it was sponsored by i think pepsi or something along those lines for unicef but all of the money goes to them and they still do that to this day and and that's just something that's also kind of special is that even after all these years of sponsors and corporate takeovers and buying the IPs with Star Wars and Pixar and everything else, you still have that attraction donating to the original purpose, which was bringing the world together and helping out the children and basically saying it is a small world after all and not to be so mean to each other and hurtful and harmful and sadly the message is to me not really you know going especially these days going out to everyone and they're not really fully realizing that stuff and it's something so simple like that so go listen to that track and then if you're able to go do that tour at the magic kingdom make sure you do it and really kind of open your eyes a little bit broaden your horizons on it's a small world and realize of that it's not just a boring annoying attraction that you know gets stuck in your head Really look into the story. There's even a whole book by Raleigh Crump, I believe, called... It was a fun kind of... What was it called? 
It's oh, it, it's oh, called it's no. a cute kind of story or something along those lines. Yeah, that's his biography on working. At yeah, Disney and, and they have it's just it's just in cute little stories. Yeah, I think is what it's called. Just really kind of look into it and appreciate it for what it is and what it's done thus far because we have such amazing stuff. But if you take a step back and look at what was done originally and all these innovations and what the rides actually meant. It really does make you appreciate what they did back in the past compared to now where they're just like, oh, but here's a, and I, I do love Flight of Passage, but if you think about it, it has no real heart. It's just kind of a fun experience. You connect with this Banshee, but you don't really put your heart into it how you would with certain things that are so simple like the Haunted Mansion and Pirates and the Teacups. And if you think about it, it's a small world. It really does mean a lot to uh rides in general and disney in general mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah it's interesting to think about you know had walt lived longer how many more attractions would we have that are not directly tied to ip it's almost like he gave his imagineers you know creative control to come up with their own movie but without the, the movie you know come up with this yeah create this this tell this story have this adventure but create whole new characters around uh you know the opportunity to take people on a journey you know it was like pick let's where do we want people to go and then let's create the world around that that gets them there and we don't see any of that anymore it's kind of a shame but i don't think we can see that without walt disney right and so that's why we're so reliant on the the movies to replace a lot of these things but i think it's a small world is so sacred to use the word that we're you know using to describe all these that um i i don't even know if they're gonna make a movie how do you make a movie about this i think that i think it would be so taboo and they would risk so much of of actually even hurting their ip right uh cue the country bear (laughs) music Uh, right but they you know i I think that there's just so much love for this attraction and and i think that even though i might have some nostalgic feelings from my childhood 30 years ago you know there are kids my daughter who's 10 um she has i have pictures of her i I had her sit in the row behind me so i could turn around take pictures of her and the whole time she's just staring up with her mouth gaping open just in awe of everything that she's seeing on this attraction and i got to enjoy watching her watch it kind of really for her it was the second time writing it but it'd been four years since she wrote it before and i don't think she remembered any of it so a lot more of it stuck with her she was singing the song on the plane ride home and so uh, yeah i think it's it's definitely one that's going to stick around at least and like you i hope it does stick around um i don't love it but i definitely see a lot of value in it you know when i say i don't love it i mean uh, i wouldn't go ride it by myself but i love going on it with my family and getting to you know enjoy seeing them enjoy it when you mentioned watching your daughter i have a photo of my daughter at one years old and you know she's that young but all the colors and music and activities going on she was basically in awe like looking at everything going on and i have a photo of her just like basically in awe and i love that photo so much and just her in the front row leaning all the way forward to see as much as she can and it's just it's so sweet to see that stuff because think about it the ride is so simple as far as the, the physical ride. It's just a boat ride. And we have plenty of them on property. But, you know, what they created with the simple things of the little puppets and the basically paper mache ride that we got, it's uh, it's still something that's so great because of the meaning and the artistic style of it. 
So mm-hmm. I think that that's a great number one. We also have honorable mentions that we kind of think that um, are sacred, but it's kind of one of those things that maybe one day they would change, maybe, because some of them even had talks of changing at some point. So I kind of made a small list of some attractions that we think are honorable mentions, and here they are. And now, honorable mentions. The first one on the list that I think that is sacred but possibly may go away at some point and there was even talks at some point is the carousel of progress and i think i'd be disappointed but i think that maybe one day it could possibly go away but this is also a sacred attraction considering walt directly worked on it yeah i mean he's it's even got his name right walt disney's carousel of progress and so it's so dated and it's you know, we, I remember listening to you talking to Nikki and Gabe about how, you know, even Horizons, which was the the sequel to Carousel of Progress, isn't around and has not been around for a very long time. Um, I personally, you know, growing up in California, knowing that that's where Carousel of Progress originally went in, uh, I feel very fortunate that I was able to get to Florida in time before they took it out because I do think that this ride is you know there's a ticking clock and it's getting louder and louder and it's it's counting down to a, a time pretty near in the future where I think uh, they're probably going to close the doors on this attraction for the last time and they're going to find something else that they can put in there that's going to sell products and uh, drive people to the back of that corner of that of that park so they can have more crowds back there and, and uh you know, get more attendance. So yeah, it's just, it's sad that it's probably going to go, but it, I don't think it's sacred enough for them to keep it for uh, probably the next, I think within the next five years, it's probably going to yeah. go. That or majorly upgraded, but I don't see that. Cause like you said, l- let's be honest in this day and age, they're looking to put these mega IPs that sell a ton of merch brings a ton of people to the parks. And that's, that's all it seems like like what their goals are these days is how can we get the most amount of people in the park to spend the most amount of cash and even though to me i don't like that it makes total business sense i get it i get it i totally understand but it's kind of a bummer that that's the way it's gone the next one on the list is big thunder mountain railroad which i don't think that they're ever going to re-theme unless they added maybe a character to it but I think that, and I also don't think they're going to get rid of it ever because of how good it is. Yeah. It's still so much fun to ride. It's a good, fun theme. Everyone likes Western stuff like that every now and then. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, there's not a whole lot of new things happening in old Westerns. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that this ride is awesome. I love it. I ride it as soon as it's not a 50-minute wait and or I get a fast pass for right. it. But I think that's also a sacred one because of it being kind of timeless. All they do is maybe do some little refurbs here and there. And then there you go. I think they just had some recently. They had some added to the queue, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we're maybe getting one next year. They're t- they were talking about it to hmm. match Disneyland's, right? Uh, I hadn't heard that, but um, I don't know if they can do that. But they... they I, there are some um, visual elements, some... Ma- of, uh, projection mapping that they have at disneyland that they don't have at the magic kingdom yet so they might be adding some of that stuff i'm sure they're they're constantly trying to update it and upgrade it i think what uh, we might see and i don't think they're going to change big thunder mountain much because there's just not a whole lot you can can do with it and it is still popular but they might put a virtual reality component into it at some point Mm -hmm. in the future where instead of 
being able to see the rest of the park, uh, they'll add elements like tumbleweeds flying at your head and giant spiders in the caves or something. Huh. I don't know. We'll see what they, what kind of fun stuff they can come up with. Something that we never really talked about is what they can add to the attractions via the virtual reality stuff. I think Disney's on the fence about all that still because of what a lot of people dislike about Universal is that type of stuff. And they're like, well, we kind of don't want to do what everyone dislikes about over there. And that's yeah. that's something that everyone was talking about with the Wreck-It Ralph idea they had for Stitch's Great Escapes replacement. It's like, great, a 3D ride, which is what Universal is doing with every single attraction ever made. <laughs> right. The next one on the list is Winnie the Pooh. Uh, that ride was definitely not an opening day attraction. In fact, it's not even that old at all. Yeah, but they, you know, uh, at Disneyland, they, they took out the Country Bears to put in Winnie the Pooh. In, in Florida, they took out Mr. Toad's, which was a very nostalgic, you would think almost sacred attraction to put in Winnie the Pooh. But we, we've talked about this, how uh, they're not making any money off of, you know, Toad merchandise, and they're making all kinds of money currently off of Winnie the Pooh merchandise, so they're going to try and leverage that as much as they possibly can. No, definitely I agree with that because Winnie the Pooh is still popular, even though I don't even know if it's on TV currently unless you just know him from the park or maybe it is on TV and I don't know. But there are some films that come out every so often. Oh, yeah, they're still making new... <laughs> they're still making new poo content. That's funny. <laughs> Sorry, I just I realized what that was going to sound like just a moment before it came out my mouth. <laughs> but yeah, as long as Pooh's making money, they're going to keep uh, Pooh the center of uh, you know attractions at Disney World. So the last one on the honorable mentions list, in my opinion, may eventually have some upgrades, but won't have major changes or a retheme is the Jungle Cruise. And we talked about this a long time ago, Joey, with the news of The Rock being added into that ride with the films released. And that would be like the only mm -hmm. upgrade I could see. But I think that this is a fan favorite. A lot of people love it. I don't see it going away. I don't see it really fully changing. Um, I think a lot of people love the way it is with the snarky comments and the puns and everything. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a fan favorite. Um and, you know, it hasn't changed a whole lot. And it, it's a park opening day attraction. And, you know, it's it's definitely, uh, I don't know if it's sacred in that they'll never get rid of it. But I don't think there's anything you can do better with that space back there. And, it, and the fact that now, after almost 50 years, you've got this, uh, you know, this, this land that has matured and the, the trees have grown and the... You know, it's just, you know, you, to take all that out, what a shame that would be after you've literally grown an attraction, yeah. <laughs> right? Because uh, they had to grow the jungle back there in order to make it as realistic as they possibly can. And that's exactly what they've done. They did the same thing in California. They basically grew a jungle back there uh, over the years that it's been there. So uh, I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. I would love to see the movie succeed and do well and for them to add elements like they did with Pirates of the Caribbean to make it, you know, make it different, make it more fun, make me want to go on it again and see something I haven't seen you know, uh, over the last 40 years, every once in a while I get a new joke, but you know, there's so many, uh, jungle cruise jokes that you and I could, you know, probably sit, um, 
some da- some afternoon you and I are going to go to a bar in Disney Springs and have some drinks and we're just going to spend an hour just telling each other Jungle Cruise jokes just because we know so many but <laughs> uh, you know, it'd be nice to see something new with that but yeah I don't think they're ever going to change definitely it. and what's funny is they can tell the same jokes and depending on the delivery makes it so much funnier but also at the same time you could also have a bad skipper who doesn't deliver the jokes that well but either way, I think it's a really, really good attraction that is sacred. So now what do you guys think? Do you think that we're pretty much right on the money with these? Or do you have other ones in mind that we're completely missing? There may be some. Maybe someone's like, although I think the land is never going away at Epcot. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they may maybe, be right. maybe it's one of those that just goes unnoticed <laughs> by management. They're like, we don't even have a land ride. What are you talking? Oh. That's been open since 82? What? <laughs> What's that so, doing there? <laughs> Doctor Strange's boat ride. <laughs> oh, God, please. They're like, we... Through the land. <laughs> Jeez. We need Marvel in every single attraction. Ratatouille featuring Spider-Man. They're like, what? That doesn't even make sense. We'll figure it out later. <laughs> Brought to you by the Muppets. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, I'm a huge mashup of IPs. <laughs> Uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, and you know, there, there's so much more that they're talking about. You know, we, we know from uh, some recent conspiracy theories around uh, Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster changing out and some other things. And we know that those things are pretty much not sacred. Nothing in Hollywood Studios is sacred anymore. No, no, no. Um, get rid of it all. <laughs> well, we, just, we yeah, probably just, thought that just... great movie ride was, but, uh, you know, goodbye. Yeah, look at it now. <laughs> now it's yeah. gutted. So, and it's gutted, yes. And it's in a very short period of time. And what, a year, a little over a year, we're going to have a new uh, attraction and that's completely different than anything we've ever seen before. And we'd like to think that maybe it would be sacred, but there's no guarantees of that. Um, I want to go back to your question about, uh, you know, what do people think? You know, we talked at the beginning of the show about the social media. We, we have a Facebook group that is pretty active and... Uh, I'm very proud of what Rich has created with this Facebook group. He's in there quite a bit posting stuff. Uh, but we would love to see those of you that are listening uh, engage with, with us there. It's really easy to find a one little spark community. Uh, go find it on Facebook. Ask to join the group and share with us your thoughts and ideas about what you think is a sacred ride. Or, or if none of the things we listed are very sacred, why you think so? Because we'd love to get into those conversations with you guys between episodes. Definitely. It's always fun to interact with everyone. It's always fun to meet people in the parks or at the events. We had 300 people show up at our recent event, and I met so many listeners. I got photos. We had group photos. I met a ton of cast members that were actually involved with the event, and that alone, I, I got, quote, that was the most fun I've ever had at Disney from our event so you can tell that people are having fun they're they're creating memories and we're meeting friends and creating memories that last forever and it's just a lot of fun and same thing happens on the community page we have these conversations and share moments and photos and conversations that really bring us all together in the common bond that is being a disney fan so join the group it's not hard just go find it one little spark like joey said and I'll approve you once I know you're not a bot. <laughs> so all I have to see is like some sort of <laughs> Disney love on your page. And I'm like, okay, they're real. And then, you know, there you go. And it's easygoing people, a lot of friendly people, a lot of active people. Let us know what 
attractions you think we got right or wrong or totally missed? What else, Joey? You know, there's there's a little bit of a conversation going on. It looks like we're pretty much well. Tiki Room was mentioned. We didn't really talk about that. That's the only one on the list on the in the the Facebook group. But um, uh, but yeah, I th- think that's it. Come and talk to us on Facebook and uh, and. Tell your friends to subscribe to our show. That's all I got to say. Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys, for listening, and we'll see you next episode. When your eyes look into mine, oh, jeepers, creepers. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Michael Pitcher for the show music, music by the Disney Company, and other copyright holders. Don't forget to like the show on Facebook, join the Facebook group page by sending a request, follow on Twitter at OLS underscore podcast, Follow me on Instagram at One Little Spark Podcast or Joey at The Disney Hack. Email the show at One Little Spark Podcast at gmail.com. For show notes, pictures, and more, check out One Little Spark This has been a Dreamport production show. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. And just remember, tomorrow is just a dream away. 